Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Listen to the Believe in Vikings podcast with B-Mac and Baker. This is Believe in Vikings. I am your host, Dustin Baker. I'm here with Brian McKinney, Sally from Minneapolis, Ron from Eden Prairie. That's the usual group tonight. Well, let me start off by saying about eight months ago, nine months ago, we had Roy Williams, the wide receiver on from the Lions and the Cowboys. Tonight, we have Roy Williams, the safety from the Cowboys and Bengals. The Vikings play the Bing, uh, Cowboy, or excuse me, the Vikings play the Cowboys on Halloween night, and so we are going to speak to Roy Williams about some of these Cowboys-related items. He played for Mike Zimmer for a year or two. We're going to get into that, and that's what's on the agenda: a night with Roy Williams. Uh, first, we're going to talk about BetOnline.ag. BetOnline has a new web interface for the start of the basketball season and has more prop bets, odds, lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive 50% off your welcome bonus on your first deposit. Use the promo code BLEAV to receive your first welcome bonus. BLEAV for your first welcome bonus. For example, Kansas City Chiefs are kind of at a low point this season for both their wins and losses and their biggest prognostication for winning the Super Bowl. So if you still believe in the Chiefs, the odds have dipped substantially down to, I think, the plus 1,100, plus 1,200 money line range. So if you dropped 100 bucks, you could still win over 1,000 if you think they'll win the whole damn thing. From basketball, football, baseball, postseason, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right down to Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Bet online. Where the game starts. We are joined tonight by Roy Williams, the safety who played for the Dallas Cowboys and Cincinnati Bengals. Roy, how are you tonight, sir? I'm great. Life is good. Yeah, you're, sm- you're smoking the cigar. I don't know how many folks can see this on video versus the audio, but you got a fat cigar going. I most definitely do. Yes, I do. Yes. <laughs> Excellent. Is that, uh, is that just your lifestyle or are you celebrating being on the podcast? <laughs> I'm doing both, actually. Yes. Oh, okay. I respect it. Thanks for the shout out, Miss Sally. Thank you. Thank uh-huh. you. <laughs> uh huh. All right, Roy. The uh, the Vikings and Cowboys hook up on Halloween night, and the first thing I want to ask you is: the Cowboys are favored by two and a half points inside the Viking Stadium, and that, since it opened in 2016, is a pretty tough place to play. So I'm wondering, with your expertise, does it surprise you at all that the Cowboys are favored? Um, I'm not surprised that they're favored, um, just because of the way they've been playing. Um, and we don't even know if Dak's going to play or not. So, I mean, that, that is kind of shocking because we don't know if Dak's going to play or not. 
Um, but I'm I'm not surprised. But I mean, people people don't get it twisted. I mean, the Vikings are coached by Mike Zimmer. Uh, that's my coach. That's my guy. I mean, he's he's a spicy coach, man. And his defense, they're gonna take that as a challenge, you know, and they're gonna do all they can to try to stop, you know, that three headed monster with uh, Cooper and uh, um, CD and uh, Ezekiel. Hell yeah. Okay. Hey, Ron, what do you got for Roy tonight? All right, Roy. Nice to meet you. My name's Ron. Um, so you were uh, known as in, in the box safety, just laying the lumber um, just right up there. Um, and in today's NFL, a lot of guys, I, I envision kind of your style of play, they get moved to linebacker. And Keanu Neal, the uh, the player for the Cowboys, is a perfect example. You know, he yeah. came in the league as a safety and now is middle linebacker. And I understand it from the past standpoint, uh, but what are your thoughts on why this is continuing to happen and kind of that development in the NFL? And would you essentially be a linebacker in today's era? What do you mean? Why does it keep happening? Or I mean, like, what, like, um, like, what are your thoughts on why? Like, what is the benefit of of moving those guys into those positions of linebacker rather than letting them kind of have a little bit more um, freedom to roam? Kind of like how the way you played and the way Harrison Smith plays currently for the Vikings. Hey, well, the days of how I used to play are non-existent now. This is an extinct <laughs> animal now, you know. So, um, but I mean. In, in their defense and why they're moving them into the linebacker, don't you want to have your best players on the field at all times? So, I mean, they if they're if they're deep in their minds in the secondary, why wouldn't you move a guy that can help you, you know, why wouldn't you allow him to help the team, you know, better their chances of winning on putting them on the um, out of linebacker? I mean, he's doing a solid job. You know, I mean, hell, he's, he was doing better than probably some of the people that were before him. Right. And I don't mean like as a detriment to Keanu Neal and his style oh, yeah, of play, sure. but for example, like, you know, him at safety, you know, he was a pro bowl caliber player, at least be, uh, before injuries hit him in Atlanta and yeah. Jalen Smith. And I can't say I watch every snap of uh Cowboys football, but you know, you have him, you have Leighton Vander Esch. And so you have linebackers. And if Keanu Neal was at the back end as a safety, that to me, in my mind, again, I'm not a coach. I never played defense um, yeah. or offense for that matter. Uh, but I feel like getting the best players on the field would be him in that safety spot to go with those linebackers. So then you're not um, not necessarily weak against the run, but you can kind of have that versatility and that size. And, you know, in my mind, I was just kind of wondering why it's transitioning to just because a guy weighs 230 now, like he's pegged as a linebacker rather than, you know, like yourself where, you know, I put you at safety and, you know, play more four six than anything else. But um, that's kind of what I was alluding to. Yeah, but you can't, you can't play the game like I played back in the two, early 2000s. I mean, hell, it's sad now because a safety corner linebacker, they get a big hit. The first thing they do, they're looking around, see if they got a flag. That ain't yeah. football. You know, the, the intimidation <laughs> factor of being a strong safety or a, a, a big hitting safety is, is not there anymore. You got little receivers like Tyreek Hill coming across the middle acting like they're big stuff because they know they can't get hit. When I played, they were like, um, no, nah, I'm not going in there, you know, so. Alligator um, arms. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> most definitely, a thousand percent. Um, so it's just, it's, it's the game has changed. So. I think I've really come to the termination on, on your point, Roy, that I think that the test for referees is if the hit looks violent, 
that's when the flag comes out. Like even, even ones where they leave with their shoulder and they just level the dude. If it looks brutal, boom, there comes the flag. And I've I've just started to get used to it. That when you see a sweet hit, it's just going to be 15 yards and it sucks. And that's sad. It's sad. It's sad. I mean, that's not football. I mean, there's, I mean, I don't know. I grew up watching Ronnie Lott and Steve Atwater and Darren Woodson and Jack Tatum. So, I mean, how I tackled, I, I basically copied their method of leading with my forearm and trying to take somebody's head off. That's what I grew up on. And I loved it, you know, and you can't do that now. It's just, it's the game I see on TV now is totally different from what I grew up. Amen. Sally, what do you got for BMAC or for Roy tonight? Well, since Roy kind of brought up how um, the game has changed, I know after you had already started playing professionally, they outlawed the horse collar tackle. They even named it after you. Um, so uh, how did it feel having it named after you? And how difficult is it to alter your play that suddenly when you've been playing that way your whole life? Um, I'll, I'll, I'll go back. Being a, a young kid growing up, wanting to play for the Dallas Cowboys and then have an opportunity to play for the Dallas Cowboys. I was a kid living out a dream. So I enjoyed every moment of my, my time in Dallas and with Cincinnati. Um, so, I mean, it was, it was, a, it was a joy. And then on top of that, to have a rule named after me that just doesn't impact the NFL, but impacts college and literally football. Like I made my mark. I, I truly did. I mean, yes, that tackle hurt some people. I I don't take pride in hurting people because that's messing up somebody's livelihood. But I perfected a way of how to tackle people if they, they got outside and, you know, they got a little far in front of me. I was able to grab them. And right when you get them in that, that behind the shoulder pads, you can control them. Like you, It's like having the reins of a horse. You take them anywhere you want to. And so, I mean, I, 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 mean, I perfected that tackle. And it's like it's like a, a plumber having his his favorite tool being taken away from him, saying that you have to do it a different way. You can't use that tool. Mm-hmm. You know, like I got stripped of, of, of things, how I self-taught myself how to tackle. And when I was in positions, I would set them up and make them go a certain way. And then I would just reach out and grab them. I wasn't able to do that anymore. And that was a big part of my game when I was closer to the line of scrimmage. Um, so, I mean, it's, it, it just starts sucking the joy out of the game for me when they tell me I have to play it this way, you know, how do you like adjust your mindset that quickly though? Cause obviously the game is moving so fast and it's gotta just be second nature for you at that point. Right. To, to tackle that way. Yeah, it was second. I mean, I self, I literally <laughs> self-taught myself how to tackle that way from eight years old. And then when I'm in my adolescence or when I'm an adulthood, they're telling me I can't do that. Like I've been, I've been practicing and doing this play thousands and thousands of times, street football, organized football, whatever. And now they're saying you can't do that. And that's why um, after they, they changed the rule and they changed that variation of the rule of the horse collar, like about eight to 10 times. I mean, there was like, you can't, you can't grab from the back of the Jersey or you can't, can't grab inside the, the shoulder pad. You can't, it, it, it changed so many times. So it just, it was confusing. And, it, and I asked like, how is a defensive player supposed to tackle somebody from behind? And they never gave me an answer um, for that. So, but 
whatever. I made my impact in the league. I got a role named after me. Um, and I mean, I, I got to live out a dream. Like I, I truly did. So I'm, I have no regrets. Hell yeah. Uh, I'm going to switch topics for a second to go off. Um, more of an NFL question for, I'm going to start with BMAC. Um, this is random, but mm-hmm. what the hell is going on with the Kansas city chiefs? They have the best player in the foot in the game. They're allowing too many points. When you tune into a game, they just look like imbeciles. Do you have any theories as to what's going on with chiefs? Well, I mean, you kind of already said it. You kind of like went towards their defense. Aren't really like holding teams to like a certain amount of points. So you can score like you remember when I in Minnesota we were number two offense, but we had number thirty two defense. So <laughs> oh yeah, defense can't stop anybody. It's hard to win games. <laughs> I remember, uh, Roy. What about you? Um, I think if folks were into gambling, um, this is the best time possible to bet on the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl because their their stock has uh, tumbled. Yes. Do you think that they'll rebound realistically, or are they really just a mediocre team? Um, they're playing mediocre. Um, they're their star player isn't playing at the um, – he's not outplaying his contract, let's just say that. Um, and that's no disrespect. Right now he's – I mean, I think they have like 17, 15 turnovers. So he's not – I mean, he's not leading his – he's not willing his team right now. Um, he has to play better. And once once he plays better, he can get the ball into his playmaker's hands to, you know, make those plays. And the defense has to step up. I mean – um, they got to look in the mirror and do some soul searching and be like, yo, look, we're, I'm tired of giving up these, you know, these big plays are, you know, missing tackles or not making an interception, whatever, but something needs to happen on the defensive end too. I mean, it's just not one, it's not just one person. It's everybody. Everybody's not playing well and they're, and they're, and it looks like they're okay with it right now. Um, yeah. just I, like, mm-hmm, whatever, you know, I'm just like, we want a Super Bowl. <laughs> You know, but I don't know if that's the case or not, but that's the vibe that they're giving off. Oh, yeah, it definitely looks like that. And each game that I, I, I watch, I, I wait for them to turn it on because we've seen it from them so many times in comeback fashion. Like, oh, they're down 24 to nothing in the playoffs. The Texans, who gives a shit? They'll just figure that out in one quarter. And they did. Um, but that hasn't happened yet. And I wanted to bring it up on this show because a lot of our listeners are going to be obviously Vikings fans and Cowboys fans. And this is exactly what happened last year to the Vikings and Cowboys. They, uh, the Cowboys started hot with Dak looking, you know, superhuman. The defense was garbage. And then that's what happened with the Vikings is that they had productive, <laughs> productive <laughs> offense. And then the defense just couldn't quite figure out. But this year's different. Both teams, yeah. you know, they show down this Sunday are looking a little bit better. All right, Ron, what's, what's next on your list for Roy Williams? So I do kind of want to go back to, um, again, we don't need to get into all the rule changes and everything, but you played in that era where there were a lot of changes that happened on the defensive side of the ball primarily to kind of gear the game towards offense. Now, being in that era, and again, I understand the player safety side of it, like helmet to helmet, crown of the helmet, I get that, but it seemingly makes the playing field uneven for the offense. And Tom Brady even alluded to it a couple months ago saying that it, the game kind of rewards poor quarterback play. Cause now you don't have to worry about Roy Williams in the middle of the field, the layout, the receiver, because there's going to be a penalty every single time. Now, do you think that that is a fair way to kind of, I guess, officiate the game? Because now like I get the fans want the scoring, but now it's putting you guys at a disadvantage and, you know, players like Brian on the offensive side, 
maybe all for it because <laughs> yards are yards. But um, how does it feel being on defense and knowing that any little thing, like whether it's the horse collar or any any type of helmet or head contact, is going to draw a flag? This is, I mean, you just got to come to the understanding now that, or understanding now that it's an offensive league and um, good defense doesn't get rewarded anymore. Um, when I say good defense, I'm talking about big hits. Um, I mean, hell, you that that uh, uh, Arizona Cardinals, Texas, Kyler Murray, the roughing the passer. Oh yeah, my god, can't even tackle a guy. <laughs> and Kyler's my guy. He's like, oh, you do, you know. And I'm just like, I was like, I, it was. I, I literally was like, that's not. That's not. That is not. Rough in the passer, you know. Well, that should just, be called the Aaron Rodgers rule because that's yeah. the only reason why that yeah. came about. So it's <laughs> it's um, it's just it's it's difficult, you know, to be able to watch and not just cringe at, you know, because not that it's a fifteen yard penalty. Now he's going to get a, a FedEx in the mail and he's going to lose money. You know, <laughs> that's not right for a, a clean hit. Like it was a right. clean ass hit. So I mean, it's just. And and then to answer your question, it's just it's tough. I don't recognize the league, and it's just I know people adapt and then they learn new ways. But I mean, the ways it's when you're not able to go 100 percent on the field, there's a strong possibility you may get hurt. You know, so I mean, they're putting their. It's just it's a fine line, and I just I hope you know that they're able to you know you know to the I mean balance that balance that because it, it, it's it is it is tough because there's there are a lot of opportunities where guys are going in for a tackle and the receiver is falling down he is in perfect tackling position but the receiver's helmet his helmet receiver hits the defensive back's helmet and it's helmet to helmet like how can you call that you know right. they need to have reviews for that and they need to be able to justify why they're going to um, take some money from a, a player knowing that they are doing everything right. It's almost like common sense has kind of gone out the window when it comes to a lot of these officiating rules, even in terms of like the running backs, so you can't lower your head. So Adrian Peterson, like he's going through a, the line, like he's just supposed to stand upright at a six, two frame and let him get hit in the, in the chest. Like exactly. it's, and then the, it's like almost like the taunting penalty now is kind of brought back into that level to, regulate the offense, the Iowa state kid over the weekend who, Man. you know, does not doing anything going into the end zone, high stepping a little bit. And, and his back was <laughs> turned to the kid when he was doing a little, whatever he was doing. It's a, uh, so, yeah. <laughs> it's pussified. It's, it's, it's pussified. It's not cool. Brian, where do yeah. you weigh in on this topic as a offensive player and some of the rule changes over the last decade that are pro offense do you share the same sentiments as Roy or or do you are you more on the safety some side? of the things that's pro offense I'm with but I feel like um the big hits and everything we all grew up off of so you like to see that they kind of made it exciting you know even though I don't know made it exciting um just seeing the big hits like like a Roy Williams or Sean Teller seeing those guys out there hit and it just was exciting so now it takes away a little bit of the excitement I just feel like it makes the league a little softer yeah, Roy nailed it that when there is a big hit, you have to hold your breath rather than get up in excitement and say, ooh, mm-hmm. all of a sudden you're saying, oh, oh boy, is, are we good? Are we good? Mm-hmm. And, and that's emphatically different from the 2000s and before, obviously. Yeah. Well, there should be the ability to at least challenge it if you, you see that it's not 
an accurate call. I, at least I think so anyway. <laughs> no, I, I get that, but it, it's it'd be so tough to try to challenge that. Well, I just mean the absurd ones like the Kyler one or I know there was one where um, Matt Stafford was like hitting like the pinky um, early on in the season, it, like stuff like that that are not like yeah. true to the rule. I get it. I'm for it. <laughs> <laughs> and then Bryant, I know yeah, you had, um, you know, the reunion over the weekend for uh for your team and Sean you guys all wore the Sean Taylor jerseys. Um you know he you know he had a very similar playing style to you Roy where uh you know and we had Jonathan Vilma on a few months back or last year even and uh he said that his game uh might not play in today's NFL and uh, <laughs> you're penalized for being big and strong I guess uh so which I guess maybe that's why the Xavier Woods of the world being 5'11 and 200 pounds those are the the safeties that you're seeing. Yeah. Sally, what well, you I'm gonna got give y'all a fun fact real oh, quick. Yeah. Um, Roy Williams is part of the reason why I had to hold out. Oh Excuse boy! Excuse me. See, I wanted to start asking what Whoa, the heck what you guys' this? history was. You I got, knew there okay. was something. You got draft. You got your contract done before me. He was number eight. He got his contract done before me. And if I can try to say that uh, he got overpaid, and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> that ain't your problem. So I helped you get some more money, right? <laughs> you did. You did. I got to hold out for it. <laughs> well, you know what's messed up, though, Big Mac, though? I lost money because <laughs> I was supposed to go six because Cowboys had the sixth pick, and then they traded back to get uh, – they got two picks. They got Derrick Ross and uh, Jamar Martin, Ohio State oh, guys. Man. And so they traded back two slots. That's – um um. It was yourself and uh, Ryan Sims. Ryan Sims. I went to KC and you went to Minnesota. And then I got at eight with the, the Cowboys. That that going back two slots, I lost a couple of mil. <laughs> For the Cowboys, did, did the Cowboys communicate with you that they were taking you regardless? No, they did not. They when I seen uh, the the guy run on stage, if I remember right, uh, from Kansas City, and Kansas City is going to take Ryan Sims. I'm like, whoa. And then here comes a guy for Minnesota comes up, gives the thing to commissioner, Brian McKinney, number seven. And then I get the call from uh, Jerry saying that, hey, we just made a couple of, you know, Jerry, Will and Dylan. You know, he, he's never seen a bad deal in his, in his life. So he he made a deal and, and he told me and it was it was cool. It was an amazing, amazing experience. The only thing that I would say. I wish would be different. I wish it would have allowed us to be able to go to New York and experience being um, walking on that stage and shaking the commissioner's hand. Um, I think that year, I think they only let like three or four people go to New York and do that. And we, I missed out. You know, I, I truly did. Yeah, BMAC, BMAC talked about that before. They put him on commercial flight <laughs> like that <laughs> night, right? Right after. Yeah. Well, you had to fly right to Dallas, right? Right after, right? No, no, no. Oh, okay. I didn't want to. Wait, brag. If you got drafted. You had to fly right to Dallas. No, so I was Jerry in. I was in, I was in Oklahoma when I had got drafted, and then um, Jerry was like, "Hey," when he called me, he was like, "My plane is at the airport. Um, we're gonna fly you out." So I rode on Jerry's G four. Excuse me. Right. But here, <laughs> no, no, no. Here's the kicker, though. Here's the kicker. Um, had my family out. Out there was my, my mom, dad, grandpa, uncle, sister, my little brand, baby, brand new baby uh, nephew. So they flew us out on the G4. We did the media, got to see my locker. Oh, the whole family went. 
Yeah, it was a G four. Like we can, we. Uh, it was just me. Okay, but here's I the got deal. Here's, away from my family. Here's the deal, though. <laughs> they put me back on a propeller plane, dude. It was so worse. Like we were just going like this the whole time. It was, though I was like, please, Lord, just let me make it. Get off this damn plane. It was. Like the the honeymoon was over after the first. <laughs> it, was, it was bad. It was all bad. Oh my god, that's terrifying. <laughs> it was horrible. I I literally was sweating and crying. Not <laughs> I was terrified. I've never been on a plane that small. It was a propeller plane. I've never been on a, a propeller plane. <laughs> and how far so, is the flight? It was like 30, 45 minutes. Oh. <laughs> That but seems still, like forever. That right. seems like forever when yeah. you're hitting every getting all turbulence. It's like one of those little wow. puddle jumpers that you hop from yes. island to island <laughs> in Hawaii. Yes. <laughs> I don't even yeah. know if Red McCombs would do that to you, B Mac. I don't know. <laughs> uh, he sent me on uh, Northwest at the time. I, well, I know. I remember Northwest. But Tice would have to raise the money to get it too. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we probably trade to Rainy Moss all over again. Have, have a GoFundMe. Yeah. <laughs> GoFundMe, help me get my first round draft pick here. God, that probably did happen. So, uh, how else? What do What do you guys do? Do you guys hang out? What's the story here? What do you mean? Well, I mean, the you guys. We went to Africa. Well, you was to Africa, right? Yes, we went to Africa. Yeah, pros, pros for Africa. <laughs> yes, we went to Africa oh. together. For, pros for Africa. We we Adrian, dug, uh, it was like an OU water, thing, wasn't it? Yes, like we, dug, we, we dug water wells. Yeah, uh, we provided oh. sewing machines for Sister Rosemary's school. We built houses. Um, started the uh, foundation for building a, uh, a school out there. We did um, hearing aids. We did hearing aids. The Starkey's hearing aids, uh, yeah. amazing. Being able to give the gift of hearing, and that Minnesota, they're a Minnesota company too. Yeah, Starkey's yeah. Minnesota. So. Um, I mean, the give the gift of hearing for the first time and mm-hmm. it's life changing. I, if if I can ever encourage you guys to be a part of something, to I would say try to do Starkey's um, hearing missions because I mean it is life changing. Wow. Um, see somebody be able to hear for the first time. Yes, and the guess and take it further than that to hear your voice for the first time. Mm-hmm. It was like, why was so- oh. Those videos of babies hearing for the first time, hearing their mother's voice or whatever, like yes. that's always. Like, you know what's crazy? Yeah. Some people just, just need it. their ears clean. Yeah, for real. Really? Yeah, really? They need to hear They need their ears clean. Yep. They didn't. They don't know no better. I mean, there were there were there were uh, people that had sticks about like this long. They just kept on scratching the air, and it just kept on breaking, and mm-hmm. they kept on going in the air. And then mm-hmm. there were kids with half. Alive bugs in their ears, just right. bobs of uh, wax just build up. I mean, it's just it's sad. It like a lot of different situations. Think, it's sad to think about all the stuff we kind of take for granted or overlook mm. that they just need. You know, so, yeah. when did you guys go there? Two thousand ten. Two thousand ten. Well, I, that was my two thousand ten was my fourth trip. Okay. Oh wow. Yeah. That's and guess what I realized? So whatever team doesn't win the Super Bowl, there's t-shirts over there. <laughs> what did you say? Know that. That's real. What did he yes, say? That's real. We thought that was so just a meme. Whatever team doesn't win the no, Super Bowl, no, that is not. They get that the is not. Go ahead, man. <laughs> yes, it is. We gave them the shirts of the team that didn't. No, win. I know. I said, go ahead. Say what you're saying. Oh, the shirts. The, shirts. Yeah. the Super Bowl shirts go to the losing team. Shirts go to Africa. 
Okay. Yeah. yeah. But there's there's a uh, what four different styles of Vikings ones down there. I might need to go. <laughs> might need to go thrifting. Damn, Sally with the burn. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, you're new here. It's a life we live being Minnesota fans. So, uh, Roy, about 20 minutes ago, you said Mike Zimmer was your guy, and he's been our guy for eight seasons now. So, tell us why he's your guy. Coach, coach understood how to play me within the defense. My first, my first year was no mistake on why I played the way I played my rookie season. I mean, I had, I don't know, almost 100 tackles. I had um, five interceptions, sacks, all that. And because Mike, Mike Zimmer knew how to play me within the defense. And um, and then we had, we had, I was camp for our first, and then we had um, Coach Parcells, and Parcells wanted to, he first came in was like, you're not going to be a one-dimensional safety. You're going to put me back, uh, cover two, 14 by two. I mean, and Zim, Zim didn't like that. Zim wanted me to play close to the line, and I just, I just created a bond with Coach, with Coach Zim. I mean, I mean, we, we had some, I'm gonna say, heated discussions, but he, he knew how to fire me up, like get me going, and I, I thrived off that because of my previous coach, uh, Mike, Mike, uh, Mike Stoops at OU, now at FAU. Um, so, I mean, I just, I love and respect and, um, Mike Zimmer. And when he left, I mean, it was a, when he left and went on to Atlanta or wherever he went after that, I mean, my heart broke because I just, it's like, it's, there's no greater feeling than playing for somebody that believes in you, you know, and just trust, trust you. And Mike Zimmer was that for me. And then when I got let go by, um, the Cowboys, Mike Zimmer was there, you know, like, you know what? They don't want you. I want you. And and um, so, I mean, I, I always will cut for Mike Zimmer, um, his family, my family. I mean, I mean, I was a 20 year old when I got drafted there. And I mean, I just bonded with him, his family, um, his his wife that has now passed. I was one of the pallbearers in the wedding in, in Cincinnati. I said wedding in this uh, funeral mm-hmm. in Cincinnati. So, I mean, it's I mean, that's that's my family. You know what I mean? And he's a hunter. That's my guy. <laughs> if you got to go to the ranch in Kentucky, then, then uh... oh my gosh! <laughs> yep. Yeah. He's got kind of that persona as a, a stubborn hard ass. Is how does that mesh with players? Is that is it? Does it? Most of them get along with it. Some of them think he's a prick, or what's the deal? Um, I don't know because I'm ever since middle or like elementary or uh, literally, I was. I heard cussing. I got cussed out. So I wasn't, that's nothing new to me. I mean, so it's, here's the thing. Coach is going to push your buttons to see how you respond. If you can't, if you can't respond to his criticism, how are you going to respond to the media, the fans and the pressures of playing in the NFL? You know, it's just, he's literally trying to test you to see how you can respond. I mean, he's going to push you. No, here's the thing. As, as Mac and I know, you, when a coach is on you and trying to push you because he sees your potential, it's the mm-hmm. time when coach doesn't talk to you and he's quiet is when you got to start worrying about your livelihood and your job. You're on your way so, out. <laughs> so <laughs> I, let me tell you something. I had one coach. I ain't going to say his name. He's still in the league. May I won a Super Bowl last year or not. 
But no, like he, one of my coaches said, he was like, look, I'm going to get you before they get me. And what he means is if you're stinking it up on the field, I'm going to cut you and get you off my team before they cut me and say it's my, 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 um, my bad. So it's just like, so you got, that's why you always got to bring your A game each and every game. Now, um, Brian, I'll pivot to you on this because we just got kind of really sentiments on it. Other than, I know we've talked about the differences from Tice as well as Childress and kind of what their personalities brought out of you. But is there, like on the offensive side as well, being a lineman, you kind of get that same thing, whether it's from a head coach or a positional coach or just a coordinator that they are, I mean, we obviously understand that they're looking out for themselves before you, but do you get that same thing as far as the, not coddling, but the being talked to in a way that they're trying to get the best out of you. They're not necessarily trying to agitate you to turn you against them. Um, or is that a, just a Zimmer specific type thing? That might be a Zimmer thing, but I just know coach Tice was our head coach, but he took the time out to come sit with me because he was a former O-line coach and was like, here, I'm gonna make your job easier. I'm gonna teach you this, do this block, like block it like this. I understand you have O-line coaches trying to teach you, but, I know how to make it a little easier for you. And he just took that time, you know, from him being the head coach to have me come down there and sit with him and watch film on Fridays and go over different things. And he said, ain't nobody going to yell at you because I'm the head coach. So just do this and you'll be fine. So he made um, some of the technique. He taught me some technique and he made my job easier. The difference was some of the technique that I learned from him when Coach Childress came in, his guys wanted to change it, but I felt like it helped me. So, it was like they wanted to change it, reinvent the wheel, basically, because they want to feel like they're coaching you in some aspect. Okay. And, like, is that also, like, this, like, say a backup might be different, but is it, if they're not talking to you and not, like, trying to push you or whatever, is that kind I, of uh, the start of the I end? I felt like he's seen I had potential, but he probably felt like I was going about doing things the harder way when there's certain things and certain, like, techniques I could, you know, do make it a little easier. So he just wanted to show me, like, some ways to get the job done without having to be so stressful. <laughs> and um, I feel like by him seeing that potential in me, that's why he took the time out and had sat down with me one-on-one to show me things. Okay. Why do you think that new coaches come in and want to change stuff like your technique? Do you think that's just an ego thing or do they genuinely think they know a better way? I think it's an ego thing and you're, you're hired to do something. So they want to come in and feel like they're changing and teaching and bringing something to the to the table, I guess. Um, but at that point, I was kind of comfortable in what I was doing. So you kind of battle back and forth because you know you got to watch film. So sometimes you do what you naturally know, and sometimes you kind of want to do what you're taught just so you don't have to hear anything in the film in the film room. Hey, hey, Roy. These <clears throat> the twenty twenty one NFC East besides the Cowboys. Basically looks like the same garbage 2020 NFC East. Um, all teams not named Dallas Cowboys are two and five. And the Cowboys are up in top with a healthy Dak and a better defense at five and one. So um, do you they're gonna they should be able to beat up on the Eagles football team and Giants. Um, do you consider these Cowboys in their current form a Super Bowl contender? I think they're a Super Bowl contender. I mean, look what they did week one, even though that they lost to Tampa Bay. They played them. They played them good, you know. Um, Mm -hmm. And so um, they're not playing down to their level of competition. 
Uh, I mean, I heard your little nice little jab at my NFC East division. Um, well, I thought you would be on board with it since you dislike <laughs> the rest of them. <laughs> if you do um, want to make jabs at the Packers, we're here for it. No, yeah, please <laughs> go ahead. Nope, I'm not. It's it's uh, I have respect for all four players and teams because I mean people really don't know the the work that really is put into the the display that is out there on Sunday. So I mean I, I respect everybody because it, it the shit ain't the shit ain't easy for real. Um, but I think um, the cow I think the Cowboys are contenders. Um, I just I hope they can keep. I hope they're not peaking right now. And I hope that they they can just keep status quo all the way through the the end of the season. What about the, I guess, paradox, so to speak, that's going on with Trayvon Diggs, where he's this absolute playmaker that's intercepting passes and scoring touchdowns, uh, what, 10 days ago. But then his pass coverage is a little suspect. Will eventually that catch up with uh, this Herculean playmaking? Because we don't usually see that. It's, it's, It's either one or the other or neither. Yeah, um, well, the the league is a copycat league. So, I mean, if, if Diggs is giving up plays or catches uh, in a game uh, and an offense coordinator or a team is scouting that or seeing that uh, the week before, they're going to run the same play to see if they'll, he'll bite on it or give it up again. And there he's going to have to try to – I mean, he's going to have to stop it probably about three to five times before they'll stop to pick on him at that, I mean, do, at doing the same play. Um, I mean, and, and Diggs is, I mean, he's playing well. Um, yeah. I mean, guys give him plays, um, give him some passes, but um, he's making some great plays right now. And um, I mean, he's riding that way. Yeah. That uh, interception pace that he's on is incredible. I don't know if it's sustainable in, you know, getting one every game, um, but it's absolutely incredible. And if it did continue, he would legitimately need MVP votes because it's just crazy how many he's getting. Yeah, yeah. no, 1,000%. percent <laughs> And then so um, kind of sticking with that defensive theme here, um, like the Cowboys offense obviously is potent. They're one of the best in the league. They have weapons all across the field, and their offensive line is still fantastic, even without Travis Frederick the past couple of years. Um, but do you think that, say, in the games that the offense struggles, do you think that this defense is has improved enough and is good enough to win games for them, or are they just kind of a, a great complementary piece to that offense? I, if you would asked me that last year, the year before, I would have said um, yes. But now I, I feel that the defense can make the win. I mean, I think the defense now can make the winning play um, if if put in that position. Yes. And Randy Gregory is kind of like you know a perfect example of uh, I know he's seems like he's been in the league forever now off the field stuff and back on it but man he looks like he's playing at a different level right now and gives that um, that edge rusher that they've sorely lacked um, you know without uh, when Lawrence has been hurt so um, I mean they're a terrifying team on paper so we'll see what happens Sunday yeah it's gonna be a good game oh I know <clears throat> this is the the first time at U.S. Bank Stadium that the Vikings have ever had a home game after a bye week. For some reason, in the last five years, they always send the Vikings on the road. So these fans are going to be antsy for football, and then it's <laughs> Halloween night. It's against America's team. The place is just going to be rocking. Uh, Sally, we got time for a couple more for Roy. Do you, do you have anything for Bryant or Roy? Well, 
I don't know. Should we stick with football or should we talk <laughs> about life? Do whatever you want. Michelle. Uh, let's ask, sure let you me want. ask one more Zimmer question. Cause I know that's what the Rubes want to hear. <laughs> so you talked about, um, so we all know that Zimmer came from the Parcells coaching tree. You hear about it like every week. And um, I think that people say that um, a lot of his defensive philosophies come from Bill Parcells, but you're saying firsthand that when Parcells came in, it actually changed the philosophy quite a bit. Um, so can you elaborate on that a little bit? Well, yes, I can. Um, um, Zimmer is more of a 4-3 guy. Parcells mm-hmm. is more of the four, uh, three, four. And mm-hmm. so um, I can see um, different, I mean, depending on your personnel on the team, which, I mean, you got to play your best players at the best spot. So you got to mix it in like, like Parcells, like what Zim did with Parcells, he mixed a little three, four with a four, three. And so um putting your best putting your best players in position to win i mean that's the main goal regardless if you were against it before uh, and now you're for it i mean i mean minnesota has some phenomenal um rush guys i mean and they got they got they got a good secondary as well so um you know just changing things up i mean i'm pretty sure um mike coach zimmer sorry um, has taken some some of the you know tricks and trades that he learned from Parcells. Who wouldn't? Parcells is a legendary coach. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, I'm I'm sure that um, I mean he's he's probably cherry picking uh, of uh, Coach Parcells' uh, terminologies. I think he also cherry picks some of his personality at times. That just kind of <laughs> gruff, like I'm not going to answer that because I don't feel like it type of persona. And some of us love it. I love it. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, I'm sorry not to interrupt. No, okay. um, whenever, whenever um, I would see um, his wife, Miss Vicky, she would tell me anytime that, you know, Zim starts selling at you, just say, um, I'm going to tell Miss Vicky on you. And he would stop. <laughs> he would stop. Like, literally oh. stop. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. Oh, my it. gosh. I was like, hey, I'm going to go tell Miss Vicky on you, coach. You better stop yelling at me. And he would stop. And he would start laughing. And so he was like, I, he was, uh, look at that. I have so many stories about Zim. It's crazy. We're going to have to have you back on on a, now, a non-Cowboys week. Just uh, <laughs> go, go through some of the Zimmer stuff. This is excellent. Oh, man. I, Zim is my guy, man. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. What? Oh, so... By my count, you played against the Vikings in games twice in your career, once in Minneapolis in 2004 and once in Dallas in 2007. Do you have any uniquely or unique memories against the Vikings or with BMAC in general or anything you could share with the Minnesota crowd? Um, Your fans are rowdy. Um, I love the the Viking. I don't know if he's still there. Um, Uh, He is. Is it the same gentleman? Um. Yes. What the heck is his name? I think, he, I think he's talking about Ragnar. No, the guy he's, on the talk, bike or? he's talking about yeah. the guy that face paints his whole face. And Sid? no, I'm talking about yeah, the, Sid. the Viking guy. Oh, yeah, well, probably Sid. Well, there's okay. Victor, like the cartoon. No, like, he, he wasn't he was around. I used to blow the, the, the big blowhorn and stuff. Hold on. I'll, sh- I'll blow this pick. I think he's talking about Ragnar. Yeah, I think so. Ragnar too. just rolled the motor motorcycle. Yeah, that, that gentleman. Didn't he? And then he yeah. used to run around the stadium and in the crowd. He, and all that he was stuff. the unofficial. 
uh, unofficial. But not this show. guy. No, not him. No. Oh, <laughs> not Sid. Okay. Well, he's yeah. the one that's on TV every day. <laughs> that's with Randy Moss. It's just because yeah. uh, we played against Randy in Minnesota and we lost that game. And Randy had a, a, a solid game. I remember the whole game plan was like, just don't let Randy go off like he did uh, when they played Dallas and had like I think yeah Thanksgiving four, Day game four catches four touchdowns the whole game was like just don't let Randy do that again um, but no I mean you guys had a phenomenal family so I would love to see the new stadium I've been telling Zim that I wanted to come down for a game so I can see the new stadium. He didn't send the invite for this weekend. <laughs> here's, the, here's the deal. I have a, I have a, I have an open door policy. Like I just taking, like just leaving, leaving the kids and, and my wife to go to a game. I mean, that's tough. You know what I mean? Yeah. I should be create kids by yourself. <laughs> that's, we that's we get it. Yeah. Chore, so, we totally um, get it. Well, no. me and BMAC don't get it, but. <laughs> 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 Hey, enjoy it, Miss Sally. Nobody's gonna hold me and BMAC down, okay? <laughs> we got the dogs. You can have, you can have my pass then for the game. All right, all right. Thank you. Well, speaking of that, um, I know you're doing sideline reporting, some broadcasting stuff. Um, how how are you liking that? And have you ever thought about doing coaching? Because maybe you um, can be assistant for Zim. One, that's that's an old thing as far as me being silent reporter i did oh. that in 2011 um i haven't done that since and being a coach i i can't i don't especially in college i wouldn't want to be a, a coach because it's like you're literally putting your livelihood in the 18 to 21 year olds uh hands like i can't do that that's i don't like the return on that so yeah. I, I wouldn't I, I just i can't do it and i just um i don't I can only speak for myself. I can't speak for Big Mac, but I'm tired of, I mean, I'm not tired, but once I retired, I retire, you know, and I'm mm-hmm. done, done, done. So having to go, like being a solid reporter, you have to go back and film study and learn all these kids' names. And I don't want to do that. Like I've been doing that ever <laughs> yeah. since freaking high school. Like I'm done. Like it's going to be a fan. Much, much respect <laughs> to the guys that are still doing it. Um, much respect to them. You know, I just, I, I love the game. I love everything that allotted me and was able to do, but I'm done. Like, I just don't, I don't want to invest that time in So what are you up to then? I, um, actually I'm a business owner. Oh, cool. um, I own a security company. Um, <clears throat> when we, uh, for, I started that company in 2012, we started building our first client in 2013. We had probably about 32 guards. We're probably licensed in four states. Now we're over 2,000 guards and we're in 32 states. Wow. You based, you're based in Texas? No, we're based in Oklahoma. Oh, okay. we, operate in te- we operate in Texas. Okay. Yeah. Sweet. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. All right, let's do, let's do our final questions, Ron. What do you have um, to round out the evening with Roy Williams? All right. So my question, um, we had your former teammate and we'll call him the other Roy Williams um, on the show last year. Um, and he had, you know, him being from Texas, you being from Oklahoma, obviously like that rivalries there. And uh, he's, he shared a story with us about how you guys got confused by, you know, different fans or whatnot. Um, do you have any interesting stories about that where just by the name, having the same name, like you're con- confused for him and someone saying, you know, go horns or something to you. And it just kind of, 
you got to look at them like, that ain't me. I would probably get in a fight if somebody said no horns to me. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't me but, saying go. I was no, just no, 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 no. But no, no, no. It's, it's, it's so crazy. Like, if you were to follow my Twitter, especially about like a year or two, a year or two years ago, especially when the other Roy Williams, not Roy the receiver, but the coach. Oh, yeah. Oh, yep. Like, oh. <laughs> Like literally, my app. If you looked at my avatar right now on Twitter, it's Roy Williams, the uh, coach, his body with my head uh, photoshopped <laughs> on it because a fan, a fan, literally a fan made it for me. So I, I literally see what well, I'm saying. There it is. There it is. <laughs> so oh my God, like, they they confuse me, especially, and I'm like, dude, you are, and people were, uh, they will say, Tar here faithful. All these things, and I'm like, if you're really a Tar Heel faithful, have you really looked at my avatar and seen? <laughs> right. <laughs> Congratulating right now, and so it's just, yeah. So I get confused with the Roy, that Roy, and <laughs> Roy had his big ordeal when um, he sent his proposal ring in the mail, and so people were like, I was getting backlash for for it because. It was like, Oh, there you go, sending some female a, a ring in the mail, and she don't even want it. And now you're trying to get. I'm like, wait, what? Wrong one. <laughs> so, so the other boy, the receiver, he sent a proposal ring in like the an mail, engagement ring, like an engagement ring in the mail. He Had that. he proposed previously, or this I, was the proposal? I don't know the full story. You guys are probably getting back. Home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> both of you guys on at the same time that ain't none of my business that ain't none of my business that's, yep. that's on that man we're gonna have to line it up so we both come on and we'll have wow. to Roy. Roy, Roy can't say anything about the OU Texas rivalry he is 0-4 against OU well, so how is it how is it you get so invested in that and then I mentioned the Eagles and you're like oh those are my homies <laughs> The Eagles. Who did I say was my homie at the Eagles? I was insulting the NFC East outside of the Cowboys, and you were like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa!" <laughs> oh, did you? I, I ain't paying attention. Sorry. Oh no. I just don't. Here's the deal. If people ask me, "What would I rather play, college or NFL?" I would say college because it meant more in college. You know, you don't have different pay skills as the NFL that you do in college. Now, probably is different now. With the NIL, but yeah, back it just meant more in college. It just, I, I mean, I just you appreciate the grind more in college than you do in the NFL because more of a brotherhood have, too. Yeah, yeah, you have self entitled people that you know you walk into a locker room, you got somebody making fifteen million compared to somebody that's making league salary, you know, or the veteran minimum, you know, and it's just there's a hierarchy there. You don't have that. Everybody's in the same grind trying to win the national championship. It's, it's different in the NFL and people have different motives on why they're playing in the NFL. So another uh, Mac fact, um, in 2000 had Roy Williams and his team not be Florida state, we would have shared the national championship with Florida state. Yeah. That didn't happen. So why are you even talking about it? <laughs> <laughs> bang, bang. <laughs> You guys got it in 2001, Mac. Yeah. Roll with that, dude. Yeah. <laughs> on the on the topic of you getting lit up for Roy Williams mentions, uh, I have a story, a recent one, but it's not as cool as yours because I'm not as cool as you. Uh, but um, I've been on Twitter for about two years, and all of a sudden, 
Dusty Baker made it to the World Series right now, and my name is Dustin Baker. So I've had about four messages congratulating me, and then I had, <laughs> I, had I had about a dozen tweets that were congratulatory, and it was a weird phenomenon because I've always heard these stories like you in the Photoshop and whatnot, but I've never quite experienced it. And so you just kind of roll with it. You don't know how if you should play along and be funny or... <laughs> Got to roll with it, man. Enjoy it. Well, here, let's put get somebody to put your head on Dust, Dusty Baker's body now. Yeah, there we go. There we go. Let's do it. Got to be classic. Uh, Sally, what's your final thing for Roy or Bryant tonight? I don't really have anything specific. I just, uh, oh, we need to say hey to Shelly. Hey, Michelle. I'm just like, whoa, where did that come from? Roy, do you know Shelly? Have you met her? Shelly the homie. You didn't know that. <laughs> no, I'm trying to find out the background here, and Shelly, these guys just want to ask about that's my mom in the background. <laughs> Shelly the homie. Shelly, come say hi. I can't. Oh, okay. Okay. She's not, she's not, she sounds she's like not. the producer. Like in she's the not background. camera ready. She's not camera ready. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I understand. Well, yeah, I was just, well, I mean, I just want to know something uh, embarrassing about Bryant, maybe, that you can share. <laughs> No, I don't have any embarrassing. What? <laughs> oh, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> I knew no, there no, was something. No, 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 there's not. There's not. But I can't give my man straight props for putting it out there on his dance videos. Like when he's working out, I get mad props for <laughs> that because the boy is moving and I'm like, inspired by it. Like that's not even, I'm not even trying to cap. I'm giving props because it's like Big Mac. <laughs> I mean, whoever he dancing next to, he looked like he like five two. But I mean, <laughs> Big Mac is getting it. I love it, dude. Like, I mean, that's, it makes me smile. And then his, um, I don't even know what it is. Yeah, whatever that little blue head is, dude. Hilarious. <laughs> I don't even know what it's called. Mac, but those are amazing. Like, dude, I I got nothing but love for my guys, man. People that I, I mean, I'm I'm just different, like. I'm 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 black and white. Like I, I keep it 100. Like if you if if I fuck with you, I fuck with you. But if I don't, I don't. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I Mac, I fuck with Mac. That's the homie. Regardless that he went to right. UW and all this other <laughs> shit. Whatever. That's my guy. Like I mean, I got nothing but love for him. Like when he reached out to me, it was like, "Yo, you mind doing a podcast?" So I was like, "I got you done." <laughs> you know, it's just. I mean, it's just it's love on site. So it's just. I don't got any stories. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I think the one thing <laughs> hey. that uh, that every every person we've had on as a guest, or, you know, whether it be from the Randy Moss from, to Troy Williams and everyone, they all say the same thing about B Mac. And you know, yeah. following his life on Instagram, he's a jack of all trades. Whether it's the <laughs> tennis, the working out, everything. So, um, but clearly, he's got that personality. So it's good to hear you know some another another person say that as well because we've all uh, kind of seen that <laughs> over the last year. My, Side uh, note, Brian, are you going to Baltimore and put the rumors to rest? Yeah, on the seventh, right? Yeah. Well, the sixth, yeah, I think. I'm going too. She just told me. I didn't know oh, she was there going. you go, Sally. Well, I'm going to have to say hi to you guys because I'll be there. <laughs> I got to okay. see my queen, Shelly. There you go. <laughs> All right. Uh, to get you out of here, Roy, I've got one of Sally's dumb football questions. I need a week, <laughs> week eight Super Bowl prediction from you, Roy. <laughs> week eight. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> On the spot. Yeah. Okay. Um, Buffalo and Tampa Bay. Ooh, okay. So you're going with, okay. Fair enough. 
All right, Roy. Well, I'm going to, if, if the Vikings make something of this season and we, you know, get all excited, I'm going to have you back or we're going to have you back on hopefully get some more of the Zimmer stuff out there because you yeah, seem like easy deal. You, you seem like yeah. you've got a pipeline to his brain and we appreciate it. Good, sir. I want to see <laughs> Sally's sleeve. Let me see your sleeve. Uh, oh, oh, yeah. Let's man. see it. Well, I don't know. Uh, we have Minneapolis. I can't, it's hard to show it on here. A snow <laughs> globe. Cool. Okay. Kind of see it. Um, a locket. I do have a Viking up here, but it's kind of embarrassing. It's not a logo. It's like a Viking princess. Oh, okay. I was gonna say that's kind of Viking. <laughs> I said they got they got to win a Super Bowl before I'll put that logo on my body. I got you. But, <laughs> but oh, yeah. I'll get one after that. This February, so, then. Yeah, that's what I'm saving this whole arm for. Is uh, is that so? <laughs> So, Roy, I do yeah. have one final question. You know, obviously, you, you follow OU. Um, and yes. what's the story with Spencer Rattler? Has he torpedoed his NFL, uh, um, you know, prospects um, and with everything? Or can he? is that something you can rebound from and uh, kind of get back to where he was preseason? Um, I'm sure he can rebound. But when you lose your starting job and, uh, and the way and the fashion that he lost it, I don't I don't. I personally don't see him unless, God forbid, Caleb getting hurt and then Rattler going back in. But in that Texas game, I was on the sideline. There was a power shift when Caleb came in and willed and led that team to victory. Like they rallied behind Caleb. And when Spence, it's just it's it's a different it's a it's a different feeling when one quarterback is in compared to the other. And I'm not gonna say good or bad. It's because I mean that's my that's my school, but it's different when Spencer's in compared to when Caleb's in. And yeah. I mean that's that's just worse. And it's tough. Think about it. He came in like he came in hot shit. Like he was uh, TV show. Uh, yeah, he was supposed, he was on the Heisman <laughs> list. He was um, projected to go high in the draft and all these things. And then you play poorly have some turnovers and you get yanked. You get yanked in the same game you got yanked in the year before. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it and you didn't get to go back in but one play for a two-point conversion and that was it. You ain't seen the field since. So um I mean it's a I, there's a strong possibility he may hit the port uh, the portal next year, which I think is and I, I say this, I'm not trying to be disrespectful when I say this, but I think that's a punk move because it's when we were in school, it's like play better or you don't get to see the field. Right. And, they, and but now if you lose your starting position, you can be like, I'm just gonna hit the portal and go to a different school and try to become a starter somewhere else. I hate and, that. If that, if that doesn't yeah. work, I go to another school. You know, that's yeah. like that's, that's <laughs> right. wow to me, dude. Like go it is go earn it, dude. Go earn it. So yeah. That's my I'm off my school. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. Well, that's all we got for tonight. Uh, thank you, Roy. We appreciate it. Uh, no, any, no any final words from you, sir? No, I. you know what? I appreciate you guys having me on. I hope that you guys have a blessed evening and a blessed week and a month and the rest of the year. And I hope you guys have a great 2022. Ooh, and yeah. um, I just, I just, I just, I love joy. Just, I hope you guys have a good joy in your life. I appreciate y'all for real. Thank you so right. much. Appreciate it. Thank you, for joining. Thank you Roy. Yeah, no that was problem. so nice. Nice to yep. meet you. Likewise. That's all we got for tonight. And check out Halloween Night Vikings and Cowboys.
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Save big money now on new siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre finished engineered siding. It's durable and includes a Sherwin-Williams factory finish paint warranty that means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP Smart Side today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save 